0: In this self bubbly de papa dee doo. Greetings, listeners, all around the world. You're listening to the Uniquilibrium Podcast by Hypno Athletics Exercising Your Mind. I'm your host. And guide Hakim Alibokas Alexander, and I'll be talking about all things metaphysical hypnosis and meditation for relaxation, sleep, lucid dreaming, and beyond. Get ready. Here we go. how to assassinate extraterrestrial space alien kidnappers abductors and infiltrators from outer space of all kinds or something like that I don't know what to really call this except you should get the idea. Kill them all. Maybe not all of them. Just the ones that try to kidnap, abduct, and infiltrate or, you know, otherwise do evil stuff to humans. Whether they're doing it on purpose or just because Well, for whatever. I heard somebody talking about that they didn't really believe necessarily that when they were abducted by aliens, that the aliens necessarily had bad intentions. They were just handling us, or handling... I'll say us, because I had my experiences also, but they're handling us the way they do, kind of dispassionately in a way sort of like how we humans, the doctors and scientists that work with uh, laboratories that experiment on animals, for example, do, they're really doing it all in the name of science, even though the animals who are experiencing this scientific experimentation may feel like, even though of course they wouldn't define it as such, but they, they feel tortured. They feel a great deal of distress, and pain, and fear, and all kinds of things that are not good. And so, you know, when human beings are abducted by, you know, or kidnapped, abducted, or otherwise infiltrated by these extraterrestrial space aliens we may feel violated. We may feel the same fear and, and, and distress and feel like we're being tortured. And... So regardless of what the intentions of these alien beings are, it doesn't have a very good... Matter of fact, a very bad that has a very bad impact on the people that it's happening to. You know, there there's there's a uh, there's an organization called uh, CE5, founded by a guy named uh, Dr. Stephen Greer, who, like a lot of other people before him, claim that the extra extraterrestrial Presence among us is not a malicious one. It's not a bad one. There's a lot of people who say, who make these claims that that aliens are here to enlighten us, to stop us from nuclear war, to stop us from polluting the environment, and all this other th- kind of stuff like that. And Dr. Stephen Greer says that you know we can communicate with them through consciousness, which I completely agree with, I totally agree that that consciousness is one of the the things that has been overlooked in all of the research in ufology and research on extraterrestrials and things like that, space aliens, whatever we want to call them, right? Uh, Non-human intelligences, you know, non-human biological entities, whatever, aliens, right? So, a lot of people, including Dr. Stephen Greer of CE5, CE5 Standing, which which is an abbreviation for Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, by the way, I published an article called Close Encounters of the Extraterrestrial Space Alien Kind, I'll put a link to that in the blog on Uniquilibrium.com that will contain this podcast and some information about this blog. But... Just like I said before, he and a lot of the people they have these airy fairy ideas about extraterrestrials. So one of them, though, that I agree with though, is that consciousness is one of the keys that has been overlooked by many in the in ufology and extraterrestrial contact. And I, I agree with that because I do a lot of work in consciousness. It's the reason why I went to school for for clinical hyp, hyp, hypnosis and why I can bear the title of Master Hypnotist, and why I've been practicing since 2004, which is 2021 now, so that's 17 years, and that's officially as a hypnotist, before I was practicing uh, at least 8 years before that, so about 25 years, I've been using the in- information that I have about the subconscious mind. Anyway, but consciousness is one of these things that's overlooked. It's, it's one of the reasons why, for example, there's a lot of criticism from skeptics about there being an extraterrestrial or non-human presence among us. And, and let's make a note here that the non-human part is actually very important, but it also may not be that separated from humans. Non-human and human may actually be the same thing, and I'm not necessarily talking about humalians or human-alien hybrids. But let's hold on to the idea of the non-human intelligence. But there is a consciousness part of it, and one of the reasons why skeptics, one of the things they bring up, and one of the the, the issues in the extraterrestrial space-alien debate is that there's, there, there's they say that there's there's not a lot of physical evidence and even though some other researchers have said that there's an embarrassment of riches in evidence, including things that have been decl- declassified by, for example, the United States government, where there's there's all these photos and supposed radar uh, videos of of radar evidence that have tracked UFOs and pilots' testimonies and military pilots' testimonies and all these supposedly credible witnesses, like police officers and military folks and, and airline pilots who are just human beings like everybody else. And it, it sometimes just upsets me when they, they say that these people are credible witnesses just because of their job titles. You know, a, a, a sanitation worker, a nurse, a janitor, a surfer on the beach. Uh, whoever could be just as credible. They, they, they t- say that these people are credible witnesses just because they're police and military. They're human beings, like everybody else, who are seeing things that everybody else see, sees. You know, they make fun of the guy who happens to be a rancher, or some people who happen to, you know, own a tobacco shop in one of the southern states who sees an alien, or somebody who's unemployed who who gets abducted by aliens they don't run out saying these people are credible right because they have a certain type of accent or a certain type of job or whatever anyway i got off a little bit a little because some of that stuff upsets me but but yeah so there's supposedly an embarrassment of riches meaning there's so much evidence some some ufo researchers have said but one of the, the things back on the the topic of what what do critics Say or skeptics say against this that there's no evidence, and you know that the videos and the and the photographs are blurry and and out of focus and there's nothing really clear about them and, and so on and so forth, and that's where the the consciousness component comes in, and and when we start to talk about consciousness, then for the purposes of this rant that I'm having that I'm that I'm expounding to you, dear listener, is that you have to take into consideration an, a multi-dimensional or interdimensional aspect or character quality of this comp, uh, of these phenomena. That when we're talking about consciousness, we're talking about interdimensionality. We're talking about realms of existence, realities perspectives that are not always physical. Just like, for example, we can talk about from a perspective of mathematics, or the the field of, of what many are calling ontological mathematics, that of the so-called Pythagorean Illuminati. For example, that, that if we look at things from a conceptual perspective, rather than a perceptual perspective, meaning when we look at things from purely mathematical concepts and the possibilities and the realities that can be mathematically treated that can be mathematically represented rather than something that you have to perceive through one of the many senses either 5 or 9 or however many you want to talk about right rather than perceptual we want to talk about concept conceptual And in in concepts, you can have many different types of dimensions or realities, perspectives, even if we look at something like that's in in part of the mainstream physics and theoretical physics, for example, string theory, where we talk about there's anywhere between, I forget how many, what is it, 9 to 11 dimensions or more, right? Well, to put it very briefly, strings are these these super subatomic objects these strings that are either open-ended or closed loops that are so infinitesimally small they're so small that none of our equipment that we have nothing that we can use to detect these small particles or things like that has yet been invented that I know of as as of the date of this uh, recording which is the 15th of where is it the 16th? Of November 2021. What date is it? I've been up for a long time. Yeah, so it's November 16th, 2021. And so there's no equipment that can detect these strings, but mathematically it can be shown that they should exist. They have these properties that, depending on their frequency, depending on how they vibrate, then. That, that gives rise to all of the different subatomic particles like the quarks and the gluons and, and the muons and the protons and photons and electrons and neutrons and all of that, those things that make up all of our matter, so depending on the vibrations of these strings and there's mathematical equations that will say, Yes, these things in fact exist. However you cannot detect them or or view them with any equipment that we use in scientific research. Only on paper or not not even on paper, conceptually, in the mind. In the realm of thought, in the realm of imagination, in the realm of theory. Right? So looking at conceptual things like this, there are realities that exist purely in the mind. And that's another dimension. That's it's not physical. It's a domain that's not physical. Just like in string theory or, or in ontological mathematics, we have a non-physical domain that is frequency and vibration, and 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 math and pure number, pure concept. And in ontological mathematics, you have the non-physical domain of thought, mind, concept, which is this perfectly balanced symmetrical eternal zero this eternal nothingness and that is balanced out with every single number you could possibly think of all of the the positive and negative integers and all of the positive and negative imaginary numbers and all the positive and negative you know uh, numbers that are positive that are possible that balance each other out and as soon as there's an imbalance then you get you start to get the properties of the physical world you start depending on the vibrations and, and the the combinations of these imbalanced equations, these imbalanced numbers, concepts you start to get the subatomic particles and all of the small things that come together to make our physical world and there's something also similar in something called subquantum kinetics where there's Model G where we have these uh, etherons and depending on how they fluctuate in the non-physical ether then they give rise to the physical reality anyway the concept but going back to here's a problem I started off talking about how to assassinate the extraterrestrial space alien kidnappers abductors and other infiltrators right because you got people who they're very, mel- they're very well may be aliens that have our best interests in heart, or at least for whatever reason want to align with us. I mean, I had an experience where I was talking to this woman and she telepathically communicated the word or name or location Andromeda to me, and very shortly after that, a very silent, very interesting disc-shaped craft landed, now came a green man, you know, a little green man who reminded me of Merman from from uh, the He-Man cartoons, he was like reptilian, aquatic reptilian thing, and he, and he shot her with some kind of like high energy device or a laser right in between her breasts, her chest, and I remember there was a black burn hole there after she started to impart this information to me. And years later, I would learn that there was a war between these lyrens and the reptilians. And this is much later. So I had this experience and then that. But so maybe she was trying to impart because she seemed very nice, whatever, and then this thing came out and, you know, for all I know, killed her. And then I woke up or came out of this domain or realm of consciousness where I was having this experience and didn't get the rest of the information. So I'm not saying there are none that are here to help us or at least protect us or to align with us for whatever reasons that may be in, you know, go along with what they need. But what I am saying is that for the most part, and this is really important, I didn't get to this yet, but for the most part, so this is a very good thing to establish here at this point, for the most part, most of a lot of the experiences that more people than not who have encounters with aliens, and and this is whether or not they are in a, in a, in league with with governments of the world, or some of them maybe you know have have some kind of treaties or other pacts or other agreements with humans, or. Whether they be part of breakaway human civilizations or anything like that most of the encounters that people have are not positive and that's the thing that, that a lot that some of these people these people who are talking about that they're here for our best interests are not getting and, and everybody wants to talk about who's lying who's making the stories up, but the fact of the matter is that there are tens of thousands if not millions of people who have had experiences of alien encounters, close encounters of all kinds that are not positive. And these are even encounters that are of just people encountering the, the, the vehicles that these beings are using. They, have, they get radiation poisoning, they get burns, they get sick, they lose their memories, they have post-traumatic stress disorder afterwards. They find things implanted under their skin, they all kinds of really messed up traumatic things happening to people. not not to mention the the being abducted and all of the related things that happened that could yes, some people may be having parasomnia, which is you know which includes sometimes sleep paralysis and sleep apnea and there may be some artifacts that happen in the brain because of other things like alcohol or drugs and not being able to breathe in your sleep and other health conditions all those things to be taken into place low blood sugar I know because I've been able to trigger experiences because of all of those different kind of things but which is not to say that they are not real experiences they could be things that are happening to for example If we talk about concepts and conceptual reality again a different dimension we have astral bodies we have another body other than this physical body which is like in the matrix there's a residual self image that is not physical but we make it up in our mind to keep a coherent structure of who we are and these experiences that we're having when people are are going to sleep or waking up from sleep or having all these different effects in their consciousness, it's not that they're not happening, it's that they're not happening to your physical body necessarily sometimes, but they're happening to your astral body, and that is just as real a body as the physical bodies that we have, these avatars that we have, and people are having these experiences, and and I will continue to use examples from popular media like movies to help people to understand these things but just like in the movie inception for example when people go into sleep realms the time distortion is much different you can go to sleep for some minutes and have years pass, depending on how deep the level of the dream you go into just like people have these these phenomenal experiences these very outstanding incredible horrifying sometimes traumatic experiences with these beings but they've only been asleep for an hour or just a few minutes right before they're waking up but there's another reality where time operates much differently because we we're able to process information much more quickly and so therefore time is relative to what can be happening these experiences there and so just like also like and i use the the matrix example residual self-image right so this residual self-image, our astral body, is what's having these experiences. And sometimes, however, just like tulpas, which are, are mind-made bodies, tulpas come from, Tibetan, from, come from the Tibetan teachings. And interestingly enough, Tibetan teachings are very, very uh, relevant in a lot of this stuff, because Tibetans also teach about the bardo realms, and, and, and after people's physical body dies, and how learning how to lucid dream, for example, prepares you for these transitions between one physical body to the next. And there's a whole lot of stuff about that. But the the, the tulpas are mind made bodies, meaning they're physical phenomena that are manifested, that are first conceptualized and created and then manifested physically by thought. And you can give life and and a mind to these different physical apparitions like all kinds of things happen from them you get you get ufo's and different space vehicles all across time way back to to before all the modern technology of flying vehicles came about to you, to actual beings the alien beings themselves to ghosts and Bigfoot and the Skinwalker and the Mothman and werewolves and all kinds of stuff that people are experiencing poltergeists and hauntings and and all of these phenomena are related because of our minds human beings are the ones that are creating this but we're not the only ones that are creating this because there's not only human beings we're not the only conscious sentient intelligent beings in the universe that are that are contributing to this collective dream state that we live in you know another thing in the movie inception for example supposedly well part of the storyline that the military was using the shared dreaming uh, technology in order to have soldiers be able to practice things in these dream states time distortion, they were able to get years of training done, and do all kinds of things without the same physical consequences in these different dream levels, well, here's a bit of news for some people, this is the shared dream that we're in. Another thing from ontological mathematics that you will learn from that if you look a little bit into that, is that, in fact, the world, the physical world that we are in now is a shared dream. And it's one of the reasons why everything seems so physically solid and has the rules that they do, because there's all these billions of dreamers, all the people who are dreaming together, who are fighting for control of the different aspects and the different qualities and characteristics of the dream, that there there comes a consensus of how everything should be, all of the physical laws, you know, the basic the laws of the the forces of physics we have gravity we have the strong nuclear force the weak nuclear force electricity and magnetism and and we just like the, a person can have a, a dream all by themselves when you go to sleep at night and if you're a lucid dreamer you have 100% control over your dream well that is if you are what I will just dis- distinguish as being a super lucid dreamer so there are people who are lucid dreamers meaning that they become aware that they're dreaming and they know that they're dreaming and they may just casually kick back uh, passively and enjoy the fact that they, they know that they're in this dream and let things go along as they are. Then there are and I do that sometimes. And then there are people who, who do as I also sometimes do who decide to take active control over the dream. That would be a super lucid dreamer. So let's just say you're a super lucid dreamer you can control all the aspects of your dream that you want you are the god of your dream world but then let's say you are able to have another person step in who also is a super lucid dreamer now you're only now you only have 50 percent control add three people 3333333 percent control four people 25 percent control and on and on and on billions right so now things become more difficult to control on your own whichever the things that are in your immediate environment like moving the mouse on your your computer or, you know, putting on your shoes or brushing your teeth or getting out of your bed or whatever you do, right? And so that's, we're already in a shared dream. And, but we can, we can cut ourselves off from the shared dream and go into our own personal and private dreams when we go to sleep. There's something about the sleep realm that allows us to go into our own, our own sphere of imagination that, that disconnects us from the larger dream. Sort of like in a way where you can, you can play a game offline, you, know, you can turn off the Wi-Fi or whatever, your, or your data plan, you can turn it off, and you can play a game offline if you want to, but then you can connect online and you can play with other players. You know, so when we go to sleep it's like playing offline. Except, you know, we're still in our own our own world playing the game and creating our own our own environments and and uh, spontaneously generating everything. And so the shared dreaming aspect is something that we should we should consider and also that we're not the only ones that are dreaming. and when I say we humans are not the only ones that are dreaming. And that there can be other manifestations that come out like tulpas in the physical reality that can also interact with our physical reality just like how we have a a reality of our own when we go to sleep and we dream and that has nothing to do with anybody else and but then we also we remember those dreams sometimes we have emotions about them Sometimes we wake up crying, Sometimes we, and, and there are things that are in our physical world that affect the dreams, like if we have to go to the bathroom, or if we have a backache, or if we sleep funny, or if there's a taste in our mouth, or we smell something in a room, or we have music, or a movie, or the, or, or a talk show, or something playing in the background while we sleep, it kind of works like something called a dream incubation, where it causes us to dream about certain things. I've done this many, many times playing movies in the background and aspects and things of the movies or TV shows would find themselves in the dream and also why I then started creating certain recordings of me talking about certain things like saying I know that I'm dreaming and I have control over the dreams while I'm sleeping because we can incubate and cause ourselves to dream about and be lucid dreamers. And so so the physical world can be interacted with and influenced by our minds. Not in necessarily the way that a lot of people would like to think about it in the the law of attraction way which is which I've come to think now of being overly simplistic, but there's something to that of course, because I've also experienced these type of things that could fall under the category of the law of attraction well. Very, very wonderful things and very, very terrible things that 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 are just that are just terrible. And so the thing again, I, I wanna bring back to mind the the title that I'm using so far is which is how to assassinate extraterrestrial space alien kidnappers, abductors and other infiltrators. Right, because First, we have to fight back, okay? Okay. People are being kidnapped, abducted, and having all of these traumatic experiences happen to them, and we seem to think that we're powerless. And we feel like because these beings have this technology, and maybe they've come from light years away, right? So what kind of technology do they have? to light years away, right? And this is another thing that that kind of gets in the way of of the, the totally physical... Reality, or there might be because they're coming from different star systems, right? Like the Andromeda galaxy is the closest large galaxy to us. There are other smaller galaxies that are closer to us, right? But but the Andromeda galaxy is the largest, is is the closest large galaxies and a and a spiral galaxy at at that, is closest to our Milky Way galaxy, right? But to get from there, it's light years away. Okay, so for a vehicle to, or something or beings to travel light years, they would have to travel and more than light speed if the occupants are to be able to survive, right? Or are they put in some kind of stasis or are they transcending? There's all kinds of theories, right? We know about teleportation that, that mainstream science, theoretical physics, you know, dabbles with that they're, they're willing to tolerate, right? Wormholes, teleportation... Is there time travel? You know, wh- what, what are these different... aspects? How are these, how are these different intelligences reaching our solar system and then having vehicles, right? Physical vehicles show up. You know, so w- what's going on there? And why are they not being able to be reliably and consistently recorded on video especially in the age the digital age the I mean, mobile phones and smartphones have been out for a while right you know digital cameras even longer like so so what's the problem with getting these recordings what's the big deal and why are they always so blurry or unclear how can we can't how come people aren't getting like super high-definition videos and photographs of these physical, these things are supposed to physically be here, physically abducting people, right? Is it all in our minds? Am I am I completely insane? Am I imagining all of this? Why is it that I've had two very distinct experiences that I never heard of before, one with these supposed, which years later I, I would learn that there are the, these lyrans and the reptilians, or reptoids, right? that were at war with each other right that i learned later and then i saw a reptilian either seriously injure or kill this this woman who fit the description of a lyran on another occasion i was laying in my bed of course again these things happen people in, in half awake dream states right but i didn't feel fear when this happened these two insectoids one was was trying to crawl into my window while another one was standing up, tall, thin, shadowy, black-looking garb that almost looked like a like a stealth jet bomber in the sky where it almost looks like the sky is cut out or a shadow, right? With big, beady, upside-down teardropped eyes. It looks sort of like giant praying mantises in a way, but black praying mantises, right? And then I learned later those were insects, but I had these this experience before I learned about any of that. And then later as an adult, while wide awake listening to Linkin Park, in the afternoon, two grey aliens in my room, one guarding the door, one right on top of my chest, that I was actually able to physically stab in an area that would be in its like rib cage area, right, and then it disappeared out of the room. And then one week before my wife was killed, uh, me being surrounded by these grey aliens, and in, in, a, in a situation which was described by a lot of people being on like some kind of operating table or at least I'm laying down and they're all around me looking at me there are at least four to seven of them I don't remember the exact number but it was I just remember being fascinated but not scared by the situation and then all kind of things in between that um, in between the years of 2008 and 2000. Let me see. What, about 2008 and 2014, 2015, being able to to communicate and having all kinds of really screwed up experiences with these beings. Again, the point is that we cannot completely go one direction or the other with this. I think it's it's foolish to fall for that. They're only here to help us and to stop, you know, pollution and climate change and nuclear bombings and war and all this stuff like that. Because the experiences that many, many people are having are not positive. People are not having good experiences with with aliens, right? It's not... And, okay, one of the things that I started doing a long time ago when I used to have the sleep apnea and sleep paralysis episodes where... I was not able to necessarily see the beings, but I was having these episodes, was one way is because part of the fear that comes with and the feeling of helplessness that comes with these experiences is not being able to breathe. You feel like you're going to die. So I found that the best thing to do is take a deep breath in. Just like you would if you were about to take a dive underwater, you take a deep breath in, and you can hold your breath underwater for a few minutes. You give yourself that extra bit of time to not panic. You know you have some breath in you. And you can train yourself to do that. After a while, it's difficult. I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's a simple thing you can think about. It's just one thing right there. One tool. Take that deep breath in. And then, while you take that deep breath in, fight. Fight. Fight to sit up. Fight to unshock yourself. Fight to get off the table. Fight to move. Throw a punch at the face of the aliens. Jab your finger in their eye. Make a sound. Yell. Uh, If you have a partner that's next to you, ask them to help. Do whatever you do. Do Not just stay there. Not just allow yourself to freeze. Fight. Fight against these things. And you know what? There's a caution about that. There have been many times when I've... But it's also fascinating to do this. When I've sat up, when I've pushed against them, that I've come out of my body, that I've been able to astral project that way. When I've been pushing against and trying to sit up, I've peeled myself out of my body and seen my body laying there sleeping and walked around different places. It's, it's amazing the things that can happen. The thing is, 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 is... And maybe I should have started off with this is to be able to feel the fear that we have but but be able to act confidently even though we're scared and the thing is after a while you're not really scared anymore it's just more of an excitement it's an adrenaline rush because you start to take control which is a very important thing going back to lucid dreaming and and like the the tibetan philosophies and these tulpas is that when you Practicing lucid dreaming is a very important tool in this, this fight for our confidence, for our strength to take our power back, if these things are happening to you or people that you know. is to explore and to learn a lot about lucid dreaming. Because the more you learn how to control, first becoming aware that you're lucid dreaming and to be able to control different aspects of your lucid dream, the more confident you become. and it balances out the fear, like I said, the, the, the combination of, of confidence with fear, it kind of neutralizes the fear or transmutes it, transforms it into excitement, transforms it into some kind of energized feeling that's not fear. Maybe it's, maybe it's, sometimes it might be close to fear, like anxiety, it's, it's a rush. But this is the same thing that that soldiers might feel on the battlefield. I know it's what I felt when doing competitions of all different kinds or combat sports. You there's a certain adrenaline rush that it's it's not fear. It's it's an excitement. It's it's a it's a hyper awareness where you where your perception you actually see feel like time slows down it's another way of distorting time it's another time distortion and so it's very important to practice becoming aware that you're dreaming and and eventually advancing yourself into being a lucid dreamer and while you're awake practicing simple breathing meditations Just every day, breathing in and out three times. Take some time to just figure out how to inhale and exhale at your will. Most people don't do breathing exercises at all. And doing a simple three-breath breathing meditation at least once a day will help you physically, mentally, and spiritually in ways that cannot even be quantified. It's immeasurable how much it will help you in so many ways. And if you're a person that sometimes experiences sleep apnea and sleep paralysis, it will help you to overcome the fear and the dread and the terror that sometimes comes with that. But you learn these breathing meditations, simple ones, and start learning about lucid dreaming and studying more about dreaming, both from the metaphysical side and from the medical side, and learning all about it, and learning all about different ways that you can control it and you can get a better handle on it in many different ways. And, and another thing is to learn about tulpas and to learn about, to learn about mind-made bodies or in other words to learn about, about mind-creating matter creating physical things and how sometimes these physical things that we, that we create tend to manifest in the physical world and operate on their own as separate entities. And a lot of times this is because of a consensus reality, just as is the consensus reality that we compose and make up as shared dreamers, is which we all are, we're dreaming a certain type of dream that we consider to be our physical reality which has a different quality than our dream reality, than our conscious world, than our conceptual world. We consider this perceptual world of, of, of senses, of physical senses, as being more real than our conceptual reality. When in fact, I wouldn't go so far as some say any anymore. I used to, as to say that this physical reality is not real or it's or it's secondary or even tertiary. It's not a third, fourth, or it's just as real because we're experiencing. It. It's another part of our reality. Maybe it it comes after that non-physical conceptual reality but it's just as real it's no less real it's real the grief that I feel the emotions that I feel in this place they're real the pain the suffering the joy the excitement it's real and you feel you can feel all of those same things in dreams You can feel excitement in dreams. You can feel joy in dreams. You can feel fear and you can feel terror and pain in dreams of all kinds, emotional, spiritual, and what seems to be physical in those residual self-images we have, right, in our dream worlds. You can sit there right now where you are listening and you can think about something in your past. A holiday, a birthday, some other celebration, a field trip, a vacation. That someone special you can think of, seeing their smile, hearing their voice, that will cheer you up, make you happy. Or just as easily if that person's gone from your life, for whatever reason, it can make you feel just as sad or as horrible or in despair. Just by thinking about it, you can have a physical reaction in your body. Your heart may speed up or slow down. Your muscles may tense or relax. Your skin might become warmer or cooler. Your eyes may become dry or they may become more teary. So many things can happen just by thinking about it. Which is the idea behind what happens in my practice as a, a clinical hypnotist. Suggestion and also the placebo response, or as some people call it, the placebo effect. Different things that we think of can affect how we physically feel, how we emotionally feel. Which is interesting, right? Emotions are that very interesting thing which are part psychological, spiritual, and physical. Because it affects our body we get scared our our digestion slows down. we get excited our adrenaline starts to rush, our extremities become cooler, and while the center of our bodies become more warm, our blood rushes away from from the surface of our skin. I mean so many different things happen from emotions so We have tools that we can use to fight in this battle, this war, this conflict, whatever this is, against these things that happen to us. Whether they be whether me and all of these people that are having these experiences with these extraterrestrial space aliens, these aliens, these things, these things, these close encounters that we're happen- having, are they are they just product of our wild, psychotic, delusional fantasy, imaginations? Is that all they are? Part of our dream or part of some illness that we have, part of some chemical imbalance, part of some, something suggested to us by things that we may have seen out of the side of our eyes or heard and, and our minds just took over and made them up? Is that all that is? or is there something, some other consciousness or intelligence or beings, whether physical, interdimensional, conscious traveling through space and time or coming from a non-physical realm to a physical one or some combination of the two really visiting and interacting with and abducting, kidnapping and otherwise interfering with us as human beings whatever is happening to a lot of people is not pleasant, and it's the majority of the experiences, And th- but there are tools to resist, or tools to at least neutralize, maybe we don't want to fight or push back against things all the time, but maybe it's a way to neutralize. Just like how when both sides of our brain become more he- coherent, like with Hemisync, or what I create with Demiphase, these audio meditations that we can create to help synchronize both halves of our brain, where then we become more coherent. That then neutralizes a large part of these these imbalances, where we can then leave our physical bodies. We can astral project, get out of our bodies. We can travel through space and time, or outside of it. Whatever's going on, what, what, if, it, what if it's a psychological operation, some kind of psyops for some, some, from some different organizations that are beaming these things into people's heads, that are, it's a really big scientific experiment, whatever it is, there are tools that we have to lessen the negative effect on us psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, physically. Simple things like breathing meditation, learning about and becoming practitioners of lucid dreaming and super lucid dreaming, understanding tulpas, these mind made bodies, and maybe also using technology, like the sound meditations created by the Monroe Institute, Hemispheric Synchronization, also known as HemiSync, or what I create with HypnoAthletics and my unique equilibrium called DemiPhase, which is inspired by HemiSync, it means the same thing as getting both sides of your brain more coherent with sound, with meditation, with breathing learning how to neutralize the fear, to become more confident in the face of whatever this phenomena is that's happening to so many people. To realize that there's no one way to look at it yet, except there may be something that we can unify and agree on that we need to do, is to take our power back. To learn how to at least not freeze and be controlled and and live in fear and dread and terror of these things happening but learn a few things about breathing and lucid dreaming and about tulpas and about the the many faceted natures of our realities the non-physical and the physical that we can become confident and at the very least be just be excited about and fascinated by these things And just be aware be present that some of these things are happening for whatever reason whether we're making it up or something is really happening with people but they're just as real because if they weren't then people wouldn't cry people wouldn't feel fear these things wouldn't be happening they are just as real as anything your physical reality And your mental reality are just as real. People want to say, oh, it's all in your head. Well, this all in your head stuff, it takes people's lives, whether by suicide, or whether they become homicidal maniacs, or they just go fucking crazy, or for whatever reason, the shit that happens to people is just as real as the stuff that is going on in the so-called physical reality. It's no less significant. But you can take control of your mind a little bit more and more and more through practice by exercising your mind and your emotions and taking that out to things like exercising your breath and learning how to navigate through your dream world and getting to know a little bit more of what you can know about this existence that we have and if you want to be a soldier, if you want to be a warrior and you want to know how to assassinate these extraterrestrial space alien kidnappers, abductors and other infiltrators, then fucking kill them. And you can look at this phenomena in so many different ways. You want to be one of those people who just think that it's all peace and love aliens, okay, go ahead and do that. It may work for you. You may be more stable than I am and all you experience in your life is peace, love and happiness with aliens. That's just not the reality for a lot of people. But just because you've had fear about these things before doesn't mean You have to continue to have fear about it. You can figure it out. It's all about being persistent, which means not giving up. And so instead of saying not giving it up, or not giving it up, I say be persistent, be confident. I like to use the positive, the affirmative, rather than saying, don't forget, I want to tell you to remember. To practice breathing exercises, to remember learning how to become aware of your dreams as a lucid dreamer, to remember how to become a super lucid dreamer, to remember to learn more about tulpas, the the mind-made bodies. And maybe one more thing I'll touch on, I'll bring in to another another podcast we'll talk about synchronicities significant coincidences there may be fear but you can be confident and be able to act with awareness amidst that fear All right, listeners all around the world, thanks for joining me for another adventure with metaphysical hypnosis and meditation. Your continued support is always welcome. And if you're excited about the great offerings here that help you relax, sleep, lucid dream, learn, and beyond, then support the creation of many more metaphysical hypnosis and meditation productions by becoming a monthly contributor you can support these adventures with a subscription by going to Uniquilibrium.com and simply clicking on the link that says Uniquilibrium Supporters, and there you will find links that you can support through Anchor, through PayPal, or through LiberaPay. You've been listening to the Uniquilibrium Podcast by HypnoAthletics, Exercising Your Mind. My name is Hakim Bokus Alexander. I'm your host and guide. And I will catch you on the next wave. Stay well. Mm